Welcome to Two Guys, Three Crowns, the podcast that talks about what it's really like to live in Stockholm, Sweden. I'm your host, Sean, and along with my fellow American, Rodney, we cover what's good, what's bad, what doesn't make sense, and what we can't get enough of. It's quite the journey, so join us for the ride. And we're back in the studio for another session of the Coronavirus Chronicles. Back in the studio, back in the studio. Ah, and we are here with a very special guest, Lola Akinmare Okestrom. I hope Yay! I just did that well again. <laughs> yes. Lola is in the house. Yeah. Well, wel- welcome, welcome, welcome to the, uh, to the Two Guys, Three Grounds podcast, and we are thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Yeah. So now, now. F- for those who may not know you, um, it's kind of hard, actually, to pick one thing and say you may know her from maybe her book or her TED Talk or, you know, her photography or her travel bits and bobs. So, yeah, I mean, you got so much going on. I mean, how does one introduce yourself? <laughs> I know, right? It feels crazy because I feel like a Jill of all trades, just kind of dabbling in everything and, and everything. But uh, I would say I'm, a, I'm an author and photographer based here in Stockholm, originally from Nigeria, yeah. and uh, came here to Stockholm via the U.S., where I went to school. And for the most part, I, when it comes to just storytelling in whatever medium, that's what I do. So I'm a storyteller, and if that's through photography or writing or you know multimedia that's kind of why it looks like i do all sorts of different things <laughs> cool love it yeah i was gonna say i mean a jack of a, a jack of all trades doesn't even begin to cover <laughs> i was telling i was telling i was telling sean that you know i went in and uh i've been on your website of course you know several times this time went in started browsing started looking at the photography and then started looking at locations and I told Sean that I was getting jet lagged <laughs> just reading the list of all the countries oh. that you've uh, that you've uh, traveled to, and 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 the photography is fantastic, but Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, travel really runs through my blood. I mean, I've been to a lot of countries. I'll say about over seventy, and it's a mix wow. of mostly work related, but also. Right just because it's one of, it's the avenue I choose to explore my passion. And I come from a traveling family. So my grandfather was in the shipping business. He traveled a lot. And my dad is a geologist and he traveled a lot. And so that kind of using travel as our kind of route to explore was always in the family. Oh, it's amazing. What a, a fantastic, especially... I mean, for to to be able to do that, to to travel as much and to see as many things. I mean, I, I was looking at, at at a lot of the photographs, and you know, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I haven't done anything. Well, see, I was I was in Sertitalia. I was in Sertitalia like six months ago. That's about the furthest. No, no. That's good. That no, yeah. no, no, but you know what? That's one of the things where. I also, when I do this work, is so that it doesn't make people feel like they haven't done enough. But it's right. more to show other people's voices, you know, so the people I meet, you know, just to share that with the people that view my work. And so that's right. one of the things I'm really cautious about. You know, I, I'm not a country counter. I try not to make travel this novelty. 
especially yeah. now that the travel industry just kind of evaporated overnight. But yeah, but no, it is a, it is a very intricate part of you know my lifestyle and and the avenue I've chosen. So yeah. Right now, how does that? The, how does the the new landscape of not being able to travel. I mean, that, that's got to affect you pretty. Yes. Well, it was very, I can say this, and for pretty much everybody else and my colleagues in the travel industry, it was traumatic because mm-hmm. there was no, we didn't see it coming. Like sometimes you see when an industry is slowly kind of um, pulling to a, a full stop. But, right. with the, but with this, it's just one day you are traveling, the next day, boom, it just disappeared. Yeah. So a lot of people are still processing that trauma. Like, wait, right. what happened? Was I dreaming? I, I, what? You know, so it's yeah. still confused. And then a lot of people, their incomes just kind of evaporated overnight. True. Yeah. So it was yeah. either canceled or postponed. And uh, so it's been very a, a very trying time for those in the travel industry. Many travel companies have followed the employees or just shut down. I mean, Lonely Planet is closing offices. That's, yeah, you know, that's yeah. drastic. Wow. Yeah. So the, so what's going on is now people are trying to be still to figure out when, once all this settles, what is travel going to look like and how are we prepared right. for the new kind of version of what travel is going to look like. And so that's kind of where we all are. Um, assessing our skills, you know, rebuilding. Um, I'm in the midst of right. building my own little academy to teach, you know, storytelling through photography and writing. Oh, cool. And, okay. Yeah, and so once, so that once travel is back, you know, slowly beating again, uh, right. then we're doing it in a more sustainable fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, why, why am I not surprised that you're not just sitting down Watching waiting Netflix? <laughs> well, well, I did watch. I mean, I did go to bed five a.m. this morning because I was binge watching Netflix. So okay. just, okay. we want to balance it out there, balance that image. No. Okay. <laughs> Are you gonna Are you gonna reveal what that Netflix uh, What that Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a scandal. I've actually. Ah, <laughs> I know. Nice. I know. I, I stopped at season three, and then I just got busy, and I'm like, damn it, I need to get back to you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I've been doing now. Now I'm trying to catch up and binge watch everything. So. I yeah, know, I know. I'm I'm behind the curve on that one. <laughs> no, no, but um, I'm not a person that just sits, and no. and I know people cope with different things differently. I think mm. um, the first two weeks when all this hit, right. I was just confused again, traumatic, like oh my god, because I was supposed to be in Saint uh, Petersburg on assignment on a photography assignment, and that just uh, went away quickly. Yeah. And then Helsinki. So, and that's a lot of money that you just lose, you know, like within days. Right. And so the first two weeks I was dazed, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, I started using the opportunity to get really creative, redesigned all my websites, you know, launched my uh, shop to sell my photography. And then uh, I'm awesome. now creating, you know, those, are, those courses and that academy so that, um, you know, things are ready. You know, right. once, yeah, once it's time to get on the road again. Awesome. Love oh, it. wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Now, what is the, tell about the academy or about the, the courses? Yes. So is what that... I've been doing, I mean, for the last couple of years, I've been teaching a lot of workshops and I, and mm-hmm. I travel to different conferences and, and either keynote or, or, or teach a session. And so this academy is to kind of get all that knowledge. I've been just, 
sprinkling around the world mm-hmm. into either free resources, self-guided courses, mm-hmm. or master classes where I teach, you know, and it's a little bit more interactive. So that's wow. what I'm trying to do, you know. And for example, one of the free resources is going to be how to find your niche, right? Okay. Because a lot of people are pivoting right now. Mm-hmm. And some of them want to pr- pivot into a more creative field, but they don't know what their niche is. And so one of right. that is to just help them ask questions to help them find that, you know. Um, cool. One of them is A to Z of pitching publications. One of them mm-hmm. is going to be how to improve your travel portraits, um, how to be a better storyteller. So all the things that I do, um, I'm now trying to create create a resource to put them all under. Wow. I mean, all the, the, the valuable experience, I mean, that you have yes. to be yes. able to, uh, to go ahead and give that. And, and I mean, you're such a, a radiant personality as well. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it, it's wonderful to be able to, to go ahead and do that. And, and I know that as much as you like interacting with people yes. um, and, and meeting, you know, meeting new people and, and attracting new people to this, incredible I think it's oh, I think you. it's great. And and again, being able to uh, and that thing with a niche as well is I think it's it it's something that we have a tendency to spread ourselves almost too thin all over the place. Mm. You know, and and then realizing uh how many people there are doing all of the things that we'd like to be doing, <laughs> exactly. you know, and being able to filter down and fine tune and and find that. Mm. And I'm just oh. thinking too like I'm counting the days now till I'll be scrolling Instagram and then Lola's face is going to pop up and saying, welcome to my masterclass. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 No, no, you know, no, maybe not quite like that. But... No. <laughs> exactly. No, but you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's really interesting because when you talk about people, lots of people already doing the same thing. In right. that course, I actually have a curve, a curve like a bell curve. Mm. And in the middle where it's at its peak, I say it's you and everybody else. And we stayed there because we are creating generic fluff, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we're all there. And so for you to get over that bell curve, what you need to do is mine your life for things you like to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, uh, even though I get it towards people in the travel industry, I said, what are some of the things you like to do at home that you can bring on the road, but Mm. also do at home? Because those are the kind of semblances of your passion. Because travel itself is not your passion. It's just the avenue you use. Mm. Oh. And, uh, yeah, because, you know, it's what is what draws you to, to travel. Is it the adventure? Is it learning new things? There may be a, someone who loves to learn. Maybe you're someone right. who is a curious person. Maybe you're someone who loves to cook and eat. And that's why you use travel to quickly expedite, you know, yeah. that cultural yeah. experience. So, so it's just kind of um, framing this kind of thought processes so people can really mind their lives and figure out what they need to be doing now and not doing so that's yeah i i I was thinking about with the with the photography i know that when we we took a trip and i think i spent more time trying to get like the perfect pictures Mm. and ended up realizing at the end of the trip how much of the actual trip I missed because, you know, we, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. we get so busy trying to think, you know, okay, okay, well, that's a good picture. Wait, yes. everybody get together. Okay. okay <laughs> now move to your left, move to your right. You know, okay. I'm going to take three. I'm going to do. So I think that, um, you know, finding, finding, <laughs> finding a, a balance where it's like, you know, make sure that you, uh, that you take a minute to actually live uh, exactly. in that moment, as opposed to trying to capture the perfect picture. 
exactly. of, uh, of doing that. You know, just to touch on that, um, have you seen the movie The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? It was with yes. uh, Ben, uh, what's mm-hmm. his name? Ben Stiller, where he's traveling around, and then he finds Sean Penn out in the right. mountains. Yeah. And Sean Penn is this amazing photographer, and he's been tracking this snow leopard for like years. <laughs> and then the snow leopard comes out, and then he doesn't take the picture. And Ben Stiller says, what the heck? And then he's like, you know, sometimes, you know, it's about the moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and yeah. for photographers, it's for us to choose when not to take the picture so that it keeps that all alive. Right. Because, and, and, and I look at it as when I think of um, photographers that shoot the northern lights, they see it every night. But yeah. some nights they don't shoot. They just go out and look. Yeah. Because that's what keeps the awe mm-hmm, of right. the moment. You, you you feel you are really fully in that moment. And then the next night, then they can shoot. And so as a photographer, especially once you've been doing it for a long time, it's that conscious effort to not shoot whatever you're looking at. And then just to revel in it all. And right. then the next day you go in with new eyes and a new appreciation. For nice. sure. Now, now, were you always interested in photography, or no, no, Because no. I mean, I was because I was looking, I was looking at you. I, I consider myself a pretty good photographer, but yeah. that was until I went in and looked at the stuff that you put up. I was like, oh. No, but you, but you see, everybody has a, a creative eye. But when I say no, I wasn't into photography first. It yeah. was because I used to be an oil painter, and so oh, wow. when I traveled. I took pictures so I could come paint them, ah, you know, so, okay. <laughs> so that's, so that's what I used to do. So when I traveled on vacation, I'll take all, just these different scenes and come back, paint them with oils. And then mm. after a while, I was like, I feel like I'm duplicating effort. <laughs> 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 so, right. so, so I, so I switched yeah. to photography and started exploring photography as my new medium to see if I could still use the same eye as an artist through photography. Mm-hmm. And so for those, if you look at my photography, it's very kind of vibrant with a lot yeah. of mm-hmm. eye contrast. And that's yeah. because I used to be an oil painter. That's what my mm-hmm. eye sees. That's, okay. so, so when I edit it, it comes, it, it's very kind of rich, colory, vibrant, right. dark blacks and all that. And, and yeah, so that's kind of how I moved into photography, you know, over time. Now, do you still do you still paint? I actually do, but not as uh, not as often. But last weekend, I brought out my little oil pastel chalks. I brought them uh, out for uh, yeah. for the first time in a few years, actually. Yeah. And then I started painting, and I put those up on Instagram. You know, and people were surprised; they didn't <laughs> they didn't know. Okay. <laughs> so, so I so I started, you know, trying to double again. You know, um, yeah. especially that's one of the gifts we are getting during this period is. A bit more time, right? Yeah, you know, right. to look at some hobbies, to to dust off that guitar, you know, to to start yeah. doing things again, and and I want to revel in that, you know. Yeah. How did that feel when you started painting again? It, Was it a, it a nice like, creative? Uh... Yeah, it felt like riding a bike. I'll be mm. like, even though the bike was squeaking, like. A couple oops along the way, (laughs) you know, like, but, but it felt like it really did. And I loved it. And I loved the feeling of just, you know, working with my hands. And and so I think I'll, I'll keep doing it, you know, when, when I have more time, just keep, yeah. So. (laughs) 
That's wonderful. Now, you also wrote a book called Logum. Yes. <laughs> which is, which is, how many, it's in 18 languages? Yes. So it's in 18 different languages, foreign editions around the world. And the book, Logum, is, you know, it's called The Swedish Secret of Living Well, which is the, right. uh, the title me and my publisher agreed on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, because I, you know, yeah. I was coming from a really hard journalistic angle and they were like, we need it to be pretty, please. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we met in the middle. But um, the book is uh, it's very objective. It's a book where I wish I had. For those that have read it anyway, it's a book I wish mm. I had when I moved to Sweden. Because what it really does is it breaks down the mindset, yeah. how I perceive it, how it interacts with me, how it interacts with society, mm -hmm. and how you can uh, work with it. You know, you don't have yeah. to accept everything, but you can accept the best parts of it and leave the negative parts. And the book is very blunt. It talks about uh, Jante Lagen. It, it, call, yeah. it calls uh, Jante Lagen cousin Jante throughout the book. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> right. you know, but also it highlights the best parts of, of the Logan mindset. And, uh, yeah. and I always say to people that have been living in Sweden for a long time is the book, if you've been eating your head against the wall, the book shows you how to just walk around the wall. It's just like, it's just like, Oh, okay. There's a wall there. These are the things I can do to kind of walk around. And, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know. Very so true. That's, so that's the purpose, uh, purpose of the book. Yes. Yeah, I think that, I think that what, I think that what we, what we eventually uh, as expats, come to realize and, and accept is that that wall's not moving exactly, <laughs> and, exactly. and it's built quite strongly you know, you know yeah. concrete yeah. you know yeah. no because there are a lot of uh i mean the and, and you see that on the on the expat a lot of the the facebook uh, mm -hmm. chats and groups where people go into occasionally vent and and tell their frustrations or the people that they just get here and they're like, I can't believe this. Yes. You know, yes. nobody's waving at me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, and, you know, the, <laughs> and all the, you know, the, the little things. And, uh, but being able to, to go ahead and, you know, just chalk it up to, uh, to cultural, you mm. know, cultural differences. I think the tendency is that we take things so personally, yes. you know, that it's, uh, it's, uh, no, now how long, and, yeah, and how just long to talk, sorry, uh, just to uh, talk about the book, just real quick, just yeah. in terms of those cultural uh, differences, sometimes, especially for the Swedes that read the book, it right. was also eye-opening for them because it was yeah. an objective mm. uh, from perspective, you know, like an outside-looking-in perspective. And so they were like, oh, we did not see this. We did not know that this right. is how it's perceived to, to you as well. So it was a, go uh, a good book for, for Swedes to read as well. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. No, that is uh is definitely I mean in law gum that whole and and I had problems because my mother's Swedish so I grew up uh basically in a Swedish household albeit in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um but it was, you know, I I even went through culture shock just moving, you know, mm. here. My problem was that my I had the language. Um and it would throw people off because my, my language, my Swedish was, was fairly fluent, mm. but I could be standing a couple blocks away from Tia Centralen asking for directions in Swedish <laughs> to Tia Centralen. And people were like, ah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. like you must be yeah, Russian like, or something. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, I just, I just got here. Really? Exactly. really. Like, yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. 
funny. Now the uh, the logum uh, book is there. See, I didn't even know there were eighteen languages. So I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, to have it uh, published. But is that something that can be um, be followed up? I mean, is that a uh... well? It's um so. When I wrote the book, the publisher approached me, and, and right. the, they approached me because uh, four years prior, I'd written an article for a magazine called Slate in the U.S., mm-hmm. and the article was called The Silence of the Swedes, and oh, it was more, okay. you know, in-depth, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and really kind of broke it down. And so when Logan became this kind of worldwide, you know, trend, after the right. Danish, you know, like, they were like, oh, we need the next Scandi trend. Oh, Logan, yeah. you know. so so i got the email from the publisher and and they wanted me to write it and they thought it was like a you know fluff pillows a big bowler you know like they thought it was uh kind of the same and i told them this is actually a cultural mindset and when i'm gonna write it i'm gonna write it you know in a really broad deeper cultural you know way of doing it so the follow-up to this book is yeah. actually probably not going to be non-fiction, but it's actually yeah. something I've already written, which is fiction. Uh-huh. And it's a book called uh, Afro-Swede. That's the, it's uh-huh. going to be a series of three books. And it focuses on three black women in, from, in different, you know, kind of socioeconomic status in life. Right. And what it's like for them in Sweden. And so, having wrote the Logan book and really understanding the the mindset, now it's mm. like, okay, how can we fictionalize this and show you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. how yeah. it really cool. moves in, in society? Yeah. So that's kind of where I am now. I've I've written the first book in that series. I'm halfway through the second, and it's with an agent. We're now trying to sell it to different publishers. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, Lola. For for most of us, I mean, we only have 24 hours in our day. I mean, you know, I, I don't know where, you know, I mean, you okay. got. How do you find balance in all this? Okay. And I hear kids in the background over I there. Know, what know, is going on? I, I got minions. No, but this is the thing. Um, I have a wonderful spouse, you know, I mean, he is uh, he's in school right now. So he goes to school full time and I'm, I'm, I'm the one working, you know, and kind of bringing in income in and so he takes the role of taking care of kind of the kids you know and uh, yeah. making sure that while i'm away working and traveling so that balance has been really great because he is more flexible in terms of you know being in school and he can study For from sure. home right. and then just in terms of multitasking i mean once i've been working for myself for a while which means mm. I have limited time to try and get as much done. And right. then once you have kids, then you just become a lot more efficient. Like the mm. minute you get 30 minutes, you've already baked a bun, done your taxes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. before, the, before the baby wakes up for yeah. bed. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so some of that also comes with, uh, with that. But also I feel like when you really, truly enjoy what you do, mm. yeah. Like it just feels like it flows uh, right. naturally, and and people are really shocked. Like when I wrote Logum, I said I wrote it in two months, the book, yeah. and it got published. But that's because I've been writing about Swedish culture for many years, so it was mm. a matter of just creating the outline and then brain dumping. Yeah, and yeah, so 
so there are many ways you know to stay produ productive and one of the things i also do is i have a list where i only do three things per day like two uh, three four things per day and don't huh. look at anything else okay because instead of having a long to-do list which yeah. creates anxiety you just mm -hmm. look yeah. at the three things you need to do today and then boom that's gone you go to the next day because sometimes the things on your to-do list, you may not have to start looking at them until August, but it's on your to-do list. And so it's <laughs> right. in your face. You're like, right. sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, so I don't even have it on my to-do list. I just have like, a, I use one note and lay everything out so that I'm not even looking at that item until end of July. Then it shows mm. up and then I look at it. So that's a way uh, I stay productive as well is if I don't have to look at it, you know, until next week, it's not on my, like, it's not in my face. I'm not going to look at oh. it until then. <laughs> What, a, what I mean, I'm going to start making a Lola list. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know. it, it, trust me. But just keep it bite sized, <laughs> exactly. you know, and, and not look at the, not not look at the things my my wife actually earlier because yeah. I I kept on talking to myself. I was like, okay, I got to do this, okay, mm. and then I got to do that, and then I got. And she was like, just write it down. Exactly. You yeah. know, because she was like, you know how you are. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, hey, look, a squirrel. <laughs> You know, and then it's like, and then I'm, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm all over the, all over the place. Yeah. Hey, I had a, a couple of questions here that I was going to ask you. And, uh, these are, uh, a couple of your favorites. Mm. And I was going to ask you one was, uh, during all your travels, what, and it might be unfair to ask you for a favorite destination, but but what what's a destination or a favorite of yours? Mm, mm. There, there's so many great destinations. I'll say I, I usually say just experiences. Right. So, what are some of your favorite experiences, experiences when you yeah. travel? And actually, on Facebook yesterday, Facebook shared a memory that this this last few days, three years ago, I was actually snowshoeing in Greenland. So, wow. I, <laughs> okay. wow. so, I, so I shared that memory on like we shared it on, on Facebook yeah. because it was windy, like total yeah. whiteout. People yeah. are like, oh, my God, I hope you packed chapstick and stuff. You know? <laughs> so, but but that, that was a great experience in Greenland because there was a book called An African in Greenland, which was about mm -hmm. the first African to, to explore and live in Greenland and learn the language. And he did that in the 60s. And so I was fascinated by this book. And so I got an assignment with National Geographic Traveler to kind of trace some of his footsteps, you know, like cool. read the book and then see some of the places it went. You know, I went there and explored it. So the day before I was going to travel to Greenland, I called my dad, you know, who travels mm -hmm. a lot. And I told him and he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Your grandfather was there in the 70s, I believe. And I'm like, what? 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 And, and then it's like, okay, I love you, safe journey. Click. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Exactly. Wait, there's got to be more. Exactly. Wait. So, so now that's something in the back of my mind, like, wait, what? And so <laughs> now I'm going to try and figure out, okay, what was he doing there? I knew it was in the shipping business. Is it right. something I could go back to explore ah, what he did? Yeah, you know, like, cool. So, so that's one experience. Um, another yeah. great experience was in Uzbekistan. I was there with a, with a company called Intrepid Travel, and we were filming kind of this campaign where I was the person in front of the screen, and they were following me around, you know, like, this is Lola, la, 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 mm -hmm. she likes photos, la, 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 you know. <laughs> and we went to um, this village, kind of in the foothills, you know, in the border between Uzbekistan, Tajik, just somewhere there, and there was this old guy, 
And I wanted to take his picture because I thought, you know, it looked amazing in the purple uh, robe he was wearing. And he called me, you know, and I went there and he's like, what's your name? And we're using a translator. And I said, oh, my name is Lola. Then he's like, oh, are you African? I'm like, yes. He's like, well, then your name is not Lola. It's something more because I know Africans... They have long names, and those names have meanings. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I am, like, just blown away. I'm like, okay, I think this guy is a wizard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so I tell him my full name, which is Onwara Lola Olua. And Onwara Lola Olua means uh, God's ways are wonderful, or God moves in mysterious ways. Oh, wow. And so I told him that, and he's like, yes, I knew, because I know your names usually have meanings. And that right. was an amazing moment of connection for me. Yeah. Because this was an old guy in the middle of nowhere in a border <laughs> mountain village yeah. in Uzbekistan that yeah. knew this. That... And, uh, and so that name, Onora Lola Oluwa, God Moves in Mysterious Ways, is also my favorite YouTube song. Mysterious uh-huh. ways, <laughs> you know. Ah, okay. You know, vanity okay. aside, you know, it's my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can see why that song, you know, is the song that plays whenever I walk into any room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's my that's my favorite YouTube song. So. Oh, so that's lots of uh, amazing experiences, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now I had uh, now going a little bit more local. You have uh, slow travel Stockholm. And what I'm wondering is, what would you say your favorite uh, landmark uh, Ooh, in Stockholm? In yeah. Stockholm, what's your your yes. favorite? Uh, my favorite, absolute favorite place is uh, a place called Forfengen, which is on mm. uh, Sodomam. It's that little um, kind of restaurant, gazebo-looking mm-hmm. restaurant that's on its own hill. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of past Fotografiska, so okay. it's right there up on a that's hill. Right, yeah. 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 And that's one of my favorite places because one, it's a bit secluded, it's up there, but then the views from up there mm, is amazing, amazing, you know, yeah. just amazing. And then uh, I had my wedding reception there as well, so there's a little bit of, mm. um, you know, ah. personal mm. stuff going on. Personal there. bias going oh, on. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just that location is just one of my favorites. I mean, just the view of yeah. um, across to you, Gordon, uh, mm. you know, Gamerson. It, it's a it's a lovely place, and then you've got really good food so that's my favorite kind of spot mm, nice good yeah. to know so we got a hot we got a tip there from from lola <laughs> yeah. yeah once and stuff it, opens up again exactly <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly hopefully they're still there i pray they're still there yeah all this, yeah so. now if you were to choose a favorite swedish food what would you say that your favorite swedish food or dishes mm. mm, when i first moved mm. and i tried um Gravlax uh, with the Gravlax sauce and the almond mm. yellow potatoes. Uh, I told my husband yeah. I could eat this this every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually eat salmon every day, like some kind. Either it's smoked, warm, warm smoked, cold smoked, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. that combination of that Gravlax, because it's the yeah. cured one, it's not too salty. And then you've got uh, that tangy sweet mustard, and then the, that's the mustard the, sauce yeah, with the dill. Exactly, oh. and then the potatoes. That just that combo is like. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm like, wow. So, so that's <laughs> one. That's my favorite kind of Swedish thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get off lux. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm getting hungry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Lola, we are actually going to go ahead and uh, uh, and wrap it up at this one. But 
we would love to have you back oh. because I mean, it feels like we're just kind of scratching the surface. I mean, we haven't know, gotten into sure. you know into the TED talk or, or the competitive the, dance like offs this. on this metro platform. <laughs> exactly. like, there's so much. Yeah, the tune upon a dance offs <laughs> and the, we got a, we got a, the and the cartoons, yeah. the cartoonist side, yes, but. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for, for spending time with us uh, in this episode, and we would love to have you back, uh, find a time, and then dig a little bit deeper. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for having me. It's a huge honor to be here and just chatting with you guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and take care of yourself, and we are going to uh, we're gonna look forward to more tips because I'm going to definitely keep my list short from now on. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks, guys. Great. Thank you, Lola. Bye. <laughs> That is it for this week's episode, everybody. Thank you so, so, so much to Lola for stopping by. And you can check out all of her amazing work. Her portfolio is at akimade.com. Her academy is at academy.geotravelmedia.com. She's on the usual Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so you can check her out. You can also find out more at slowtravelstockholm.com. And the Nordic TV Collective. That's nordictv.com. We'll put all these links in the episode description so you can go peruse and enjoy some amazing photography and writing. And then we'll catch you back here next time for more Two Guys, Three Crowns.